0: So good to see you, so good to see you. Hey, if you're new here, if this is your first time at Connect, I just want to take a second to introduce myself. I'm Pastor Deej. I'm one of the pastors here, and I just want to say welcome, welcome to our home. Uh, we're, I'm so glad to be, uh, to be here today, to be speaking to you guys today. Pastor Derek Fry, our lead pastor, and his wife Stacy, they are at a different church right now, also uh, uh, preaching there uh, at Excel Church, it's kind of a sister church for us. Um, and it's so good to be able to bless uh, them with our pastor. Amen? Amen? You know, we believe that uh, we have an apostolic call for connecting Community the church that goes beyond these four walls right here. And it's so good to be able to bless the kingdom of God, uh, to bless the church, not only this church, but the church of God. Uh, and Pastor Derek is amazing, so he's there blessing them. And I get to be here, and I'm privileged to be here and speak to you guys today. Uh, now, before I begin, before I begin, I'll... I was going to tell you something, but actually, I'm going to ask you something. Uh, What is happening next week? Let's see if you know. What's happening next week? What kind of Sunday is it? Good job. Good job. (laughs) Raise your hand if you're going to be here next Sunday. All right, because if you didn't, you have no excuse. (laughs) You have to be here. You know, it's going to be a great Sunday. We're going to have lots happening, uh, uh, lots of fun stuff happening next Sunday, and we're going to be giving away a gift. That only the people that are here are going to, are going to receive it. It's going to be a brand new, never seen before, Connect t-shirt uh, in my favorite color. And you're going to have to find out what it is come this Sunday. So anyway, say this, repeat this after me. Say, I'll be here this Sunday. I'll be here this Sunday. No excuse. No excuse. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, we just came out of an amazing series called Protect His House. How many of you guys were here for it? Raise your hand if you were. Yeah, it was a great, great series. I mean, we learned a lot about prayer, and we were able to really, like, kick off the the new year, to- 2016, with prayer and fasting. And it has been an amazing experience. For me personally, it has been really good. It's really setting uh, setting me up for a great year in 2016. Now, in this series, Pastor Derek spoke about um, several topics. And one of them, the first one, actually, in the series was temptation. You guys remember that? Yes. So he talked about Temptation, it was really an amazing message dealing with, again, the power of prayer in temptation and how we deal with it, uh, how God will deliver us, how God will never mislead us, uh, and how we deal with it on a day-to-day basis with different things that we're bombarded with, basically, uh, in temptation. But we always um, can be delivered by God if we pray, right? So uh, today we're going to be talking about something similar. Uh, talking about this, a similar subject, but we're just going to look at it through different lenses. We're going to look at it through the lenses of stuff that happens in our lives regularly, and we want to get rid of it, but sometimes we feel incapable of We feel we can't do it. So at, at Connect, you guys know that we, we, we don't shy away from tough subjects. We actually face them hat on because I believe that those are things that we all deal with, but sometimes we don't talk about it because we're either fearful about it or we don't know enough about it or, or you know, we are even judging ourselves whether or not we have it all together. I'll, I'll tell you, I don't have it all together. But I'm still going to speak about it because that's the call that God has for my life. And, and I believe that whenever you try to organize a room in the dark, it's kind of hard because you can't see. So we shine God's light through whatever subject it is that we're dealing with. And then with God's light, you can see clearly. I can see clearly now I can see I don't do it I don't do it like PD does but I could so anyways uh, so you guys ready yes. all right tell your neighbor this is gonna it's gonna be good yes. all right let's just pray father God thank you Lord so much thank you God for the opportunity I have to be here Lord and speak to your church God, I pray that you make my words your words. I pray, Lord, that every single heart here, including mine, is open to receive. God, I pray that um, you give us, God, the strength and the wisdom to apply what we uh, learn today. Uh, Lord, and, and um, I know this message, this message can be challenging at times. It's not really the super fun kind of message, but we need it, God. And I just pray that you speak to every single person here today. And uh, also, Lord, I pray for Pastor Derek as he's uh, speaking at Excel Church right now. Just bless him, God. Just use him in powerful hands. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 I don't know if you know, but um, every smartphone has um, something called location awareness um, technology. So he knows where it is because of the GPS you know, feature embedded in it. And if you allow it, there are some apps that will provide services with it, either marketing services or just helpful things. Uh, I have that on my phone. Uh, and, you know, one of the apps, of course, you guys are going to be so shocked about that. But one of the apps that I use is called Starbucks. So if <laughs> so you guys were at the Dream Team party yesterday. You know what I'm talking about. So I, I kind of like coffee. So as I drive by Starbucks, my phone is always activated with the, with the app. So as I drive by a Starbucks, it actually just tells me, like, uh, it, it buzzes at me. And then I pick it up. And it's like it's telling me, like, And then I smile back at it and say, I know. (laughs) You know, it it just knows where I'm driving by. And the moment that I'm out of range, it it disappears. You know, I also use it for uh, different things, such as uh, when I get home at a certain day, I I tell it uh, to remind me when I get home to put the water jugs out, you know, the empties, so Poland Spring can come in and, uh, and exchange them for me. Now, I have a set for a certain day, but not only for a certain day. I have a set for a certain time. By the time I get home, when I get home, it knows where I am, and it reminds me. Because if it reminds me during the day, by the time I get home, I forget it. So it knows where I am, and then it behaves differently when I get to where I need to be, right? Uh, now, I don't know if it was Google or Apple that actually invented this technology, but I should actually write to them and get some credit because I developed that technology way earlier than Google even existed. And now, I'm going to go real deep and real fast uh, uh, in this message. But I remember growing up uh, in Brazil, actually. I grew up in Brazil. And my, I've been a, uh, a pastor's son. Here you go. Come on, let's give it up for Brazilians in the house. I've been a, I've been a pastor's son since I was born. And uh, as I grew up, you know, like, as I grew up, I kind of developed this, uh, this so-called technology. You know, location awareness technology. And I was very aware of where I was, and depending on where I was, I would behave a certain way. Uh, I think that all of us can can relate to that. Being a pastor kid is not is not necessarily the easiest thing to navigate in life uh, with all the pressure and stuff like that. But still, you know, I, 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 here I am trying to justify. it. But the truth is, <laughs> the truth is, you know, I had big big circles in my life. I had my circle in school, had my circle at church. I have my circle of family. I, I come from a big family. I have more cousins that I can count. Um, and and I, had, I would behave differently depending on who I was with. You know, it was like the Facebook check-in. You check in at a place, uh, and that was me. Like, I would check in at a place, and immediately, it would be a different person there. And I always thought that this would never really uh, caught up with me. It, it would never catch up with me. Um, and... One of the circles, I mean, my, my school circle, really started to, to take me in a, in a different direction. I didn't know any better, uh, and I kept on following uh, and just being influenced by whatever was out there. And even though I knew, even though I knew that doing the things I was doing, even though I knew that, you know, uh, drinking and smoking and looking at things I shouldn't look at or doing things I shouldn't do, uh, I knew that that was wrong. I was convicted by the Holy Spirit that that was wrong. But still, I just kept on going, especially at that age. But still, I kept on going because I was driven by fear of man. I was driven by, you know, the the fear of not being accepted, fear of rejection. And I just wanted everybody to like me. And I wanted to be the life of the party. And that did not work out so well. But then it got to a point as I matured, got to a point that I started to ask myself, like, who are you? Who are you really? I, I, I see three or four distinct personalities here. But who are you? Who are you? And I started to ask myself that. And, and of course, I knew who I was in Christ. So I, I, I really started to, to, to try to go in the right direction. But I couldn't. I didn't have the strength. Until in 1995, when I came to U.S. for the first time, in July of 1995. I was 15 years old. And, my, um, and I was at, at a church. And God spoke to me very strongly. And, and with that, I went back home. And I had the strength to actually pull out. And I started to pull out quickly. And then eventually, actually, I got pulled out of the whole country. <laughs> That's how God loved me. <laughs> and six months later, I came to the U.S. for good in, in December 1995. And I've, I've been here ever since. Now, uh, and I did good. I did good for a little while. But then I slipped back a little bit. But you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about? It's so so hard sometimes to be able to, to, to maintain Everything, but for some reason, I thought that it would never really catch up with me. I I thought that I was able to handle it and not have a problem, but I couldn't. I I just kept reverting back to the same behavior. Some of us are, I would even venture to say that all of us here today, we deal with at certain levels, we deal with stuff that is in our lives, uh, that is constantly there, that is consistently there, that shouldn't be there, that shouldn't be there. Uh, whether it's something big, hairy, and scary that you would never confess out loud because you would be, you know, covered in shame, or it's something sometimes that's little, but you just can't seem to overcome it, something that annoys you and that you can, can't seem to, to overcome it. I mean, we can even call a few of this. I mean, let's call it what it is. Alcohol can be one of those things. So for some of us, we can, have, we can go to a restaurant or, or even at home, and we can have a drink and be okay with it and not have a problem. But some of us, for, for others, uh, we can have you know, one or two and three and then too many uh, drinks and, and we have to have it every single day. And that, that is an issue. That is a problem that, we, that, that we, we can get rid of it. Now, it also could be substance abuse, whether, whether we're smoking something we shouldn't smoke or shooting something we shouldn't shoot. I mean, let's get real. That's, that happens. Or popping pills that we shouldn't pop, whatever it is that is controlling us, that's not good. I mean, you, you don't have to look now. In fact, don't look now because that can be weird. But um, you no, know, statistically speaking, if you look to your right or to your left, within three or four people to your right or to your left, there is someone that suffers with sexual addiction. And that is a serious, serious problem today. All over the world you see uh, uh, adults and teenagers and kids, and kids suffering with, with this and, and just looking at things they shouldn't look. You know, doing things they shouldn't do, fantasizing about things and acting on those fantasies. And then all of a sudden you see careers destroyed. You see marriages decimated. You see reputations just gone down to zero because of a sin. And because sometimes we think that it won't catch up with us. Sometimes we think we can handle it. But the truth is we can't. All over the world we see that happening. For some people it could be just lying. That's actually a very common thing. We lie because we either want to you know, not suffer the, conf- the consequences for something or we lie because we want to feel good about ourselves. And, and I want you and you and you think this of me because that's what I wish I was. So I lie about it. And then eventually uh, I lie again to cover my first lie and then lie again to cover the other lie. And then all of a sudden after you lie so much you end up getting confused with what the reality actually is. Because we all dream of being something that we are not. And then you you start to believe that. And then all of a sudden you get caught up in so much lies that you don't even know who you are anymore. And that happened to me as a teenager. Can you believe that? That happened to me as a teenager. Now, these things have a way of of catching up with you. You know, it's like the Boudreaux story. How many of you know Boudreaux? So Boudreaux got to work one day. And then Thibodeau, his boss, calls him into his office. Hey, Boudreaux, come here. i got to talk to you. And then Boudreaux goes into the office, doesn't know what's going on. And then Thibodeau says, hey, I have a question for you. Do you believe in life after death? And Boudreau thinks that's a trick question. Uh, What should I answer? So so he thinks for a little bit until he actually says confidently, yes, I believe in life after death. And then Thibodeau says, oh, I'm glad you do because yesterday, after you left early to go to your grandmother's funeral, she actually stopped by to see you. (laughs) How many of you think that he was in trouble? So it could be whatever you're dealing with. It could be any of those things. It could be overeating, whether it's a massive amount of food that you're eating or just or just sweets or something that, you're, that you can't seem to uh, be without. It could be eating. It could be overspending. It could be gambling. And so many other things that we go through. You know, I don't know what it is for you, but I venture to say that anyone and every one of us here today, we have stuff in our lives that is constantly there that should not be. So I'm going to get, actually, I'm going to let God's word speak to this directly. And we're going to open up our Bibles. You can follow this on Version, by the way. Or Open up your worship guide. Everything should be there. Our key text for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 through 13. And it says this. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is what? God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So we're talking about temptation. So let's define it. You know, there are many definitions for temptation. But the one we're going to be working with today is this. Temptation is anything that promises, promises you temporary satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. Temptation is anything that promises you temporary satisfaction. Oh, this is going to be this is going to be fun. It's going to be f- make me feel good. I think this is exactly what I want right now. It promises you temporary satisfaction, but at the cost of your obedience and sometimes relationship with God. Anything. What happens is scientists will tell us that when we cross a line, uh, everything that is prohibited tastes better, right? I remember being 19 or, or 20 years old, and I would go to a restaurant, and, and I would you know ask for a beer or something, and they wouldn't card me. Um, which for some reason they wouldn't. It's not that I look old because I don't. But they, would, they wouldn't charge me uh, or, or card me. And I would feel so awesome because I got away with it. The moment I turned 21, bad died. I didn't care anymore. Why? Because it wasn't the thrill. I didn't have that thrill. So anytime that we cross a line, scientists will tell us that uh, there's a chemical that gets released in our, in our, in our system, which is called dopamine. And, and what that does, it gives you a temporary thrill or a, or a kind of a high, uh, a buzz about what you did. And you feel kind of good and energetic about it. But then what happens right after you either lie about something or you, you look at something that you shouldn't look and, but nobody saw it. So, quote, unquote, did not hurt anyone. Um, right after that, you have that buzz and you have that thrill. But then immediately after that, we're filled with remorse. We're filled with shame, embarrassment. And we start to ask ourselves, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Isn't that right? And that happens over and over again. So what is temptation? It's really anything that offers you temporary satisfaction at the cost of obedience to God. And I'll keep I'll keep very simple in the next few minutes that we have together. And I'll give you four facts about temptation. Because the best way for you to understand what you're fighting, uh, for, you, for you to be able to be successful against what you're finding is to actually understand what it is, and sometimes what it's not. Amen? So number one, it's not a sin to be tempted. This is in your notes. It's not a sin to be tempted. Hebrews 4.15 says this, For we do not have a high priest, that is talking about Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every possible way, just as we are, and yet he did not sin. That's perfect evidence that... Being tempted is not a sin. Jesus was tempted in everything. And you heard PD say this uh, four or five weeks ago. Uh, that whenever you go through anything in life. And you say like Jesus this is what's happening to me. And Jesus says I know. I know I've been there. I've been there. So it's important to know that being tempted is not a sin. And also what leads to, to sin. Uh, 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 depending on how you react. Depending on how you respond to temptation. That's what leads to either sin or not. And if we were to do like a, a little bit of a slow motion. In the process of temptation. Once you're tempted to do something wrong. Anything wrong. Let's do kind of a slow motion. And understand the process that happens. Five things happen. When we're tempted. Number one. Thought. Number two. Imagination. Number three justification number four choice number five action so if i if i'm to break this down a little bit number one thoughts thoughts it enters through your eyes through your ears it's something that you hear something that you see something that you imagine something that you remember something that you smell it just it triggers whatever a desire whatever that is whether it's somebody smoking next, next to you and it triggers a desire, or, or, or some, an ad that you see on TV, it triggers a desire, or a page that you accidentally, quote unquote, you click, uh, and then all of a sudden that thought enters your mind. Second one is imagination. That's the flesh and soul thinking and trying to tell you, this is how I would feel if you did this, this, or that. So you imagine it and what, like, kind of the what's in it for me place. And then the justification happens. That's your brain representing your, your body and your soul. That's your brain playing lawyer with the spirit and trying to justify. This is, this is what, you know, I think I've been good here. I think I've been, I deserve this in a sense, sense of entitlement. And then all of a sudden, that war is going on within us. And then eventually we get to the pivotal point of whether we sin or not, which is the choice. Based on the information, we decide who wins. Is it our brain, the lawyer, or is it the spirit? And then based on that is whether we sin or not. Amen, everybody? So we need to be aware about how the enemy comes and how the enemy works. And if we don't know that being, uh, being tempted is not a sin, we can often then just go ahead and what? And sin. You know, eating a donut is really not a sin. Just go, just go with me on this. Uh, for some reason, I have donuts on my mind today. But for... for Eating a donut is not a sin. But if you can't eat a donut because of whatever, health issues or it's simply because you can't stay away from them and, and you feel manipulated by it. So you want to get rid of that, you know, uh, that is constantly there and shouldn't be there. So if you can't eat a donut and you uh, get to the office and you pass by the break room and you see those beautiful chocolate donuts, you know, double uh, whatever, like covered chocolate donuts. And, and you pass by it and as you pass by it, it's screaming at you eat me, eat me, eat me. <laughs> And you want it because you know how it tastes, and then everything happens. You know, the, all the steps happen. The thought enters your mind through your eyes. The imagination, how you would feel like this these kind of donuts just melt in your mouth. Justification, you know what? I think I worked out three days. Today, my breakfast was very short because we ran out of eggs. Um, I think I can handle this. So we justify in our minds. And then the choice, whether we grab that donut or not. Now, how many of you think that if you just keep on walking to your office, did you sin? No, you were just tempted. Now, what if, you, what if you stop by, you grab a donut, and just sniff a little bit? Did you sin? Well, you're getting a little technical on me now, but what if you grab it, you sniff it, and you lick it a little bit? Just a just talk. The there, you probably crossed the line, right? You probably crossed the line. Now ladies if you're driving down the road and you see that buff super fit sh- shirtless guy just jogging or or for the guys here in the room you see that beautiful girl in the yoga pants and she's and she's just jogging and you keep on driving and then you and you look and as you drive, you keep on looking, you keep on looking, and then you're thinking to yourself, you know what? i got to make sure that she or he is okay. Uh, there's, there's a road coming up ahead. I want to make sure that they don't fall once they step out of the curb. And maybe, they are thirsty. maybe they're thirsty. Maybe they're cold. They need something. If we do that, we cross the line. But if you see that attractive person and you keep on driving, it's okay. You did not cross the line. You were tempted, but you did not sin. Amen, everybody? But the enemy really works full-time on getting us to feel guilty, even though we're not supposed to. Why? Why does he do that? Because he knows that very often when we feel tempted, we feel shame. We feel embarrassed. We feel guilty. And when we feel guilty, how do we medicate? We medicate with sin. It's common. It's common. You know, I already messed up, so I might as well. You know, I'm already guilty, so I might as well do this. Might as well make it count. So understanding that being tempted is really not a sin is important. And it's really the first step to not fall for the lies of the enemy. Amen? Yes. So we know that being tempted is not a sin. The second one is this. You are never above temptation. We can fill in the blanks. You're never above temptation. I don't know. I, I don't care who you are. You may be a Christian for a long time or you, you're just coming to understand what faith and, and God and Jesus and everything is all about. I don't care who you are. You may be uh, a pastor like myself or, 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 or whoever else. You're never above temptation. Never. This is what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, it says this. So if you think you're standing for him, be careful that you do not fall. If you're here today and you're thinking like, I'm so glad that he is here to listen to this. <laughs> Or if you're just thinking like, oh, I, I don't know about, uh, I, I don't need this, but I'm glad that she's here. Or the classic, you know, I would never do that. You know, where, whether I'm talking about any, any one of these areas, you can think to yourself, I would never do that. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. I heard PD say this a long time ago, that the greatest dangers the greatest dangers are found not in our weaknesses but in our strengths and that spoke deeply to me this like what ten, almost 10 years ago because in our strengths we, we tend to believe and and just rely on our own strength we don't we don't there's no room for god to move whenever we think that we don't need him and that is in our strengths how often we hear about the great family guy loves his family, and re- he really does, and then he goes out and does something stupid. We, we hear this often. Or the doctor, the doctor that uh, uh, knows exactly what's good for you and is very health-minded and conscious, and all of a sudden they got addicted to prescription pills or something like that. Why? These people overestimated their strength. They overestimated their strength. They rely on themselves, and then Satan, our enemy, just comes in. And brings them down. Satan will come at you in your weaknesses and your strengths. So it's very dangerous to think that we're immune to the works of the enemy. We are not immune. However, we can beat it with Christ in our lives. Amen? Amen. So we know that it's not a sin to be tempted. We know that we are never above temptation. And the third one is this. God will test you. He will never tempt you. We heard PD say this. God, God cannot tempt you. But he will definitely test you. You know, why do we test someone? You, you take somebody that is a junior in high school. Uh, I know juniors in high school are going through midterms right now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, kind of just to check where they're, where they're at and how they're doing. And then eventually they get to the end of the school year and they go through the finals. Uh, and, and why do we test them? We want to test them to make sure that they are ready to move forward to the next year. Right? God is the same way. God will, God will not tempt you. Because his intention is not for you to fall. But God will test you in order to move you forward. God tests you to move you forward. The devil will tempt you to move you backwards. Yeah. Uh, now, God is so awesome that he will use anything for good. He will, he will even get the plans of the enemy for our lives. Okay. And he will turn that around. And, and, and you can look at it as a temptation or you can look at it as a test. A temptation has the potential to bring you down. A test has the potential to move you forward. Amen? A couple of weeks ago, Martin Luther King Day, um, Gretchen, who is so inspiring, she actually sent uh, an email to everyone in the office, just, you know, happy, uh, uh, I was going to say Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Martin Luther uh, Luther King's Day, and and with that, a few quotes by him. And and I love that kind of stuff. I love uh, quotes, and I love reading. So, like I have nothing else to do. I grabbed a coffee, of course, and I went over uh, to different, uh, different quotes by him. And I like to read that kind of stuff. So, and, I, and I came across a quote that really spoke to me. And he says this, to be a theologian, kind of a big word, but if I was to translate it to today, to be close to God. To be close to God, you need three things. Number one, you need prayer. Number two, you need meditation. And number three, you need temptation. Hmm, Did he say Temptation. Yeah, You need prayer, that's talking to God. You need meditation, that's hearing from God. And you need temptation, that's learning to depend on God. Learning to depend on God. God uses everything for good. What the devil means for evil, he uses for good. And every temptation, this is one of the key points for today, every temptation is really an opportunity to, to depend on Christ. It's an opportunity and an invitation to depend on Christ. God does not lead you into temptation. However, he will leverage every situation and test you to promote you. Like it says in Romans that he works all things, not half of the things, not most of the things, but he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen, everybody? So to recap, it's not a sin to be tempted. Number two, you're never above temptation. Number three, God will test you, but he will never, ever tempt you. And number four, and this is where I want to camp a little bit more, Number four is this. There is always a way out. There's always a way out. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says this. And God is what? Come on, say it with me. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, and you will be tempted because you're human, and the devil is out here to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to destroy. He wants to bring you down. So when you're tempted, he will also provide what? A A A way out. A way out so that you can endure it. So what's my way out? That's the question. What's my way out? It can really be a number of things. One of the best ways, one of the best ways to to avoid and resist temptation is to actually eliminate it. Why why resist temptation tomorrow if you can eliminate it today? Why? Why do we do that? You know, if it's if it's donuts, if it's sweets, don't volunteer to go to the donut run, you know, on Tuesdays for the office. Let somebody else do that. If it's drinking, you know, don't don't meet with somebody to talk about life at a bar, you know, or don't volunteer to go to the liquor store to buy cooking wine. You know, let your wife does that. Let your husband does, do that. You know, just don't, don't do that. Another way out is actually confessing it. Whoever conceals his sin, the Bible says, does not prosper. But whoever confesses it and renounces it finds mercy. We confess to God to be forgiven. Bible says if you confess our sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we confess to people for what? For healing. Sin is like mold. The more it stays in the dark, the more it grows. And eventually takes over and everything else that is around it is condemned. So we got to expose it to light to be able to treat it and get rid of it. Amen. Amen. If you confess your sin to one another and pray for one another... So that you can be healed. That's what the Bible says. That's why small groups are so important. So vital for your health. For my health. Small groups are so important. Because that's when we can actually just open up with somebody. In a loving environment. Not a judgmental environment. But a loving environment. People that love you. People that will hold you accountable. People that will help you change. People that will help you move forward. Confess to one another that you may be healed. I realize it might be difficult uh, for some to do that. Depending on what it is that you're dealing with. But what if you tried? What if it worked? What if? How would your life be different? Do you really want to change? Maybe take a big risk and you tell someone. Maybe you tell someone. That can really help you. And, and you'll see how it feels. Just very often, just the, the fact that you tell somebody, that means you're finally acknowledging that you have a problem. Like I, I meet with a lot of people. I, I talk with a lot of people. and. Um, like a lot of times I just hear, like, I don't have a problem with that. You know, whether it's with a couple and then the husband's saying something or the wife is saying something. And, and they just deny. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. Whether it's drinking or, or, or whatever else. You know, pornography or lust or um, gossiping or whatever. I don't have a problem with that. Let me tell you something. If two or three people that do life with you, two or three people that are close to you, if they tell you you have a problem... You have a problem. You have a problem. And if you think you don't have an issue, like PD says, that's your issue. issue. But the good news is that there is always a way out. There's always a way. It doesn't matter what it is that you're dealing with. It doesn't matter how far, how deep into it you are. There is always a way out. And there's always a U-turn that you can turn around and go in the right direction every single time. I remember the good old days, actually, when... uh, when we had, you know, like the very primitive video games—not like we, the ones we have now with secret passages and different worlds and the, all the 3D graphics—that makes me dizzy. I don't like those. Um, I'm a, I'm a simple mind person. So, but I remember those, th- those old games. Do you remember them? You remember Pac-Man, yeah. or, or Donkey Kong, yeah. or River Raid, or, 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 Frogger? You know, those were the good days, man. Those are good days. H- how about asteroids? You guys remember asteroids? Yeah. You know, it was, it was terrible. Like, it's embarrassing to say, but it was like just a little triangle, and that was your spaceship. And then you would move to your left or to the right, and you're shooting the asteroids as they're coming down to you. And then uh, the, the more you shoot them, the faster it starts to come down. And then it gets a little more intense, and then, you, and then you're hitting that button, and you're shooting them, you're shooting them, you're shooting them. And then all of a sudden, you see, like, two or three or four coming at you, and you don't know, don't know what to do anymore. And then you hit the button. There was a button. What, what was it called? Hyper... Hyper what? Hyperspace. 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 Yes, yes, hyperspace. <laughs> so you hit the hyperspace and that would just remove you from that location and put you in a different location, a better location. So you can breathe and, and, and try to strategize yourself a little bit more and then it would get intense again and then you hit the button, you go to a different place. But the thing is, you had a limited amount of times that you could use that. You had a, a little bit of, uh, just a few times that you could use that. So you had to be very careful on when to use it. Now, why am I telling you this? Because I think that in our lives today, in our Christian walk, we also have a button, and it's called hyper grace. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me you didn't see that coming. So when things are getting tough, when things are getting tough, when things are getting difficult, when, you, when you're trying to shoot everything off, when you're trying to get all of these temptations out of your, you know, vision, and because they're coming at you and you feel really feel that it's going to get to you. Just hit the button. Just hit the button and get out. And get out. As you walk through the donuts, hit the button. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. If you're driving down and you see the jogger, keep on driving. Hit the button. If the boyfriend is pushing a little bit, hit the button. Hit it twice. The third time you hit him and he get out. Just get out. I'm telling you, there's always a way out. And the good things. The good thing is that you don't have a limited amount of times you can use that you can always hit the button and get out amen now when i finally when i finally realized that i needed to change and stop being two or three or four different people you know i needed god's grace and i was able to to get it praise the lord for that and i came to us in 1995 but then by 1998 give or take like two or three years i started to go back to the same behavior same behavior i had you know, friendships and relationships at work, um, and I wasn't strong enough. I thought I was. Again, if you st- if you think you're standing firm, I thought I was strong enough, and I didn't know the concept of influence. I didn't know that every conversation that we have, you're either influencing somebody or you're being influenced by them. I didn't know that, and all of a sudden, I found myself gravitating towards the same behavior. I wasn't aware. But I saw myself eventually just going through the same behavior. I woke up one day and I looked in the mirror and I I, I asked myself, who are you? Why are you doing this again? I realized that I could not overcome it by myself. That I need God not in just one encounter, but I need God daily in my life. And that's when I really started to pursue God to keep me away from it. Because if you think you're standing firm, be careful so that you do not fall. When I, was, uh, when I was younger, uh, I didn't know how to dance. Uh, uh, now I still don't know how to dance. I'm a terrible dancer. So every time we go to a party, whether it's a wedding or something like that, you know, everybody's dancing. Have a good time. Uh, and then I'm sitting down. And people think that I'm so spiritual because I'm a pastor. No, I just can't dance. I'm terrible. I, I think I have too much rhythm in my mind because I'm a musician. I just, I just can't get it right. So... But the only kind of dance that I dance is actually slow dance, you know. I love to grab my wife and get up close and smell her hair. You know where this is going. I, I just love being close to her. But even then, like when we started dancing, uh, slow dancing, uh, it was a nightmare because I'm, like, she's a good dancer, but I'm not. But still, I'm a man, so I want to lead, right? So it was like, okay, like, I'm going to the left, and she would go to the right. All of a sudden, like, <laughs> come back here. And it, it was just a nightmare. Eventually, as we continue to do that, she she started to understand my, you know, weird kind of leading. Uh, Nudging here or pressing a little bit here, you know, prompting, you know, let's go here, let's go there. Uh, And I actually developed a system. It's It's like I think of a corner. So I just go into the corner and I get out of the corner. And then I have another one right there. And then I go into the corner and I get out. That works for me. You can laugh if you want. But we're terrible. Like, I'm a terrible dancer. But eventually, she got a hang of how I led. And the same thing it is for us today as we invite the Holy Spirit to lead us. It might be a little bit awkward in the beginning. It might be a little bit different because you're not used to somebody else leading. But eventually, you get the hang of it. You get to understand the leading of the Holy Spirit, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God to us today. Bible says in Galatians 5, 16, 17 says this, so I say let the Holy Spirit, what? Guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly at war. They're constantly fighting each other. Now, if we invite the Holy Spirit and we, if we dim everything down And we want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, the promptings. You know, he talks in a small voice. Don't do this. Don't go there. Don't look at that. Don't talk like that. Don't think like that. Don't desire this. He's always prompting us, prompting us. And very often we go on the the wrong direction. But if we start to listen and go the right right direction, it's going to be really good. Verse 25 says this, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen? Amen? By doing that, you're going to be feeding the Spirit in you, and you're going to be starving the flesh. And whatever you feed, it grows. Whatever you starve, eventually it dies. And you can't fight the devil alone. You need the Holy Spirit to help you. The Bible says in James 4, 7 says this, submit yourselves then to God... Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Very often we wake up in the morning ready to take over the world. Come on, devil, come at me. I got you. But then all of a sudden we, are, we fall flat on our faces. Why? Why? Because there's an order to things. Submit to God first. Submit to, to, to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Submit to him, and then you resist the devil. And when you do, he will flee from you. Amen, everybody? Let's stand on our feet. So whatever you're dealing with today whether it's something big hairy and scary or something small that just annoys you but something that is consistently there that should not be there something that continues to promise you temporary satisfaction at the cost of obedience and relationship to God, stuff that hurts you, that hurts other people and that hurts God whatever it's lust pornography spending, gambling, gossiping, drinking, smoking, cussing, cursing, pride, arrogance, stealing, envy, double life, whatever else, lying, whatever whatever else that you're dealing with, I I want you to ask yourself, what is it? You can bow your heads now and close your eyes. Everybody, just give a little bit of privacy to everyone. Just ask yourself, what is it that is constantly there that should not be? I'm here to tell you that there is a way out. But the key thing is to be honest because you're only as strong as you're honest. If you have something in your mind right now that's comes to your mind, I'm not going to ask you what it is, so don't worry. But if you have something and if this message spoke to you and you want to invite the Holy Spirit... And you want to be able to hear His voice, the promptings of the Holy Spirit, to be led by Him, by the Spirit, not your flesh. If that is you today, every head bowed, every eye closed, if that is you today, just raise your hand, please. I see hands all over the map. Praise God. The first step to being set free is admitting. You can put your hands down. Thank you. The second question I have is, Maybe, maybe you've never established a relationship with Christ. Maybe the spirit in you is still dormant. still dormant. We are a triune being. We are made of uh, flesh, body, and spirit. But because of sin, we are born with the spirit being dormant. So when we invite Christ into our lives, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. And then we are, the, our spirit is born again. That's why we, we're called the born agains Because our spirit has been reborn. If you've never made this decision before, if you've never invited Christ into your life, and you want to do that today, if you're, trying, if you're tired of trying on your own to be able to overcome whatever it is that you need to overcome, and you need the Holy Spirit's help, and you want to invite Christ into your heart today, I ask you to boldly just between me, you, and God, every head bowed, every eye closed, boldly raise your hand right now. I see your hand. Thank you. 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 If you're online right now, you can do the same thing. If you're in front of a computer, you can do the same thing. There's no distance for God's power in your life. All right, church, repeat this this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. Thank, you thank you for your sacrifice at the cross. I invite, you I invite you into my heart. And i ask you that you lead me i surrender my will my desires and i want to live by faith thank you for paying for all of my sins past present and future i invite you into my life and i declare that from this day forward i live for you because you died for me Jesus' name, Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for everyone here today. God, I pray that you give everyone, everyone here, God, power, strength, wisdom, to be able to overcome any and all issues, God, that we may be facing. God, just uh, continue to speak to us, God, even louder, if possible. God, help us to turn everything else down so we can hear Your voice, and because of Your voice, we can be victorious. God, help us to submit ourselves to You on a daily basis, God. God, help us to never think, never think that we're strong enough, but to always rely on you, God, because we know that there's always a way out. And we thank you, God, for your word, for he promises that. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen.